Yeah. So weird. <sighs> it's weird. Anyway, sorry. That was a really long tangent, everyone. Sorry, my bad. No, it's fine. That was, it went <laughs> along really well. You're good. Um, he predicted Rulon C. Allred predicted in 1975 <laughs> that the time is at hand when God is going to intervene in the matter and the temples will be open to us and we will have our endowments and do our own work for our dead. Um, mm. That was in 1935. Like, <laughs> it's not Even we're not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We old, but we ain't that old. <laughs> yeah, we need the the um red, but we <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> Botox coming up soon though. Um, <laughs> under his brother Owen's leadership. Hi besties, this is Not So Peter Priesthood Podcast, and I am your host, Jake Taylor. Um, right at the top, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com, and also on Instagram at notsopeterpriesthood. Um, I'm trying to get back to the minisodes. Um, I do have a couple things that I want to, I'm going to be putting out, so um, keep in uh, keep an eye out for that. Um this episode is a continuation of the series that started with the Kinderhook stuff and um, and then went into the Herbal LeBaron um, debacle. And also, and now we're going to talk about another branch of a shoot-off of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, this one is another rabbit hole that I went down. Um I think you can kind of see a pattern of what's happening, but um, it does kind of change up a little bit. But I did, I just went into like this rabbit hole of like all the um, shoot offs a little bit. Um, but I also found some other crazy stuff that's coming up. So um, on that note, enjoy. I guess I'm dry summer in it. That sounds weird. <laughs> oh. Dry summer. We want wet summer. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. That's like Ew. moist. Moist. Ew. <laughs> Never Ew. mind. That's gross. Let's pretend I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just like Dusty said, moist fungus to me. <laughs> who doesn't like mushrooms though honestly such a weird thing to not like okay so i like i like them on certain things but i don't i'm not gonna put the anyway you know this is not about me this is about (laughs) (laughs) not about me and my weird flavor profile (laughs) yeah Some things the listeners just don't need to know, okay? <laughs> oh. ah, too good. All right, well, pretty.
pretty sure that J-Dog was on mushrooms when he came up with the whole religion anyways, so. It's true. It's true. <laughs> he was on something. He was putting, maybe he was smelling something in that hat. He was like, hmm, I'm going to take some. <laughs> Hot boxing in a top hat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, and it came to pass. There you go. Oh, it came to pass. <laughs> oh, it came to pass. My God. Oh. <sighs> All, All right. right. So, um, listeners, so we did the Kinder Hook, but I haven't. Anyway, it's weird to think about it because you haven't even really heard it specifically yet, but it's been. Because we're talking from the future. Yeah. <laughs> Like we're talking to the past, but we're in the future, but we're in the present still, so it's like a whole like thing. But um, this is part of a, a series. So this is part of the rabbit hole that I went in after the Kinderhook <laughs> stuff. Oh. So, and Dusty gets to join me on this journey. <laughs> I have no idea what's coming. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's all buckle up together. Say Hope a little got, prayer. Yeah. <laughs> if you need a little top hat with some special special stuff in it and <laughs> take a little sniff um <laughs> or get you a nice little glass of whiskey or like what i got or yeah, kombucha yeah. Oh. i got kombucha I'm <laughs> mango passion fruit and green tea <laughs> oh that sounds good it's really good actually yeah um all right so uh i don't even know how to explain this okay so i so i was looking at the kinderhook stuff and this thing came up about um well and i'd always wanted to look into like the branch offs of the church and like where they all came about and what they believe oh like the like the flds and the there's, yeah. there's a bunch of them. I just can't think of any other oh, names there's right now. So many of them. So we're going to talk about one of them tonight, and um, it's called the Apostolic United Brethren. Have you ever heard of them? I think, like in passing, but I don't know anything about them. So they are. Let's see. I'm trying to. I have to keep them straight here. Oh, yeah. So, they are popular because of a show on TLC called Sister Wives. That oh, that's me? them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. That's where I was before because I used to watch Sister Wives yeah. back when I had TV. I have <laughs> <laughs> never seen it, but I was just reading up on it when I was doing the research on this. <laughs> Listeners, research. I did research. Yes. I have if been you doing want, all like, a research. really like quick and dirty deep dive into it. There's a YouTube channel called um, Fundy Fridays and she like goes into it. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah. She's like very, she goes after all the like evangelical Christian um, FLD, like all of it. She's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I just stumbled upon her because I, I don't remember why, but she had one about sister wives. So of course I watched it. Oh, of course. (laughs) So. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> are you ready to get into this? <laughs> it's wild. This isn't even the most wild shit that I've got coming for you, Dusty. Just so you know, this is oh, like God. pretty fucking tame. I was doing research on this one, and I was like, this is boring. Like, it's not, it's, 
I'm not to, like not to like keep listening, people. This is great. <laughs> But compared, like compared to what? Oh, okay. So in in relation to what's to come, that's a that's a foreshadow to what is to come that I am so excited. Anyway, all right. So it's not a bored podcast, we promise. No, yeah. (laughs) And if you're bored, then it's whatever. It's fine. We're having fun. Uh, Subscribe. (laughs) Please rate, review, and subscribe. You love me. (laughs) Uh, Love me. I want. <laughs> Validate me, okay? <laughs> oh, uh, all right. So, the Apostolic United Brethren is a Mormon fun- fundamentalist group that practices polygamy. The AUB, as they are called, has had a temple in Mexico since at least the 1990s, an endowment house in Utah since the early 1980s, and several other locations of worship to accommodate their members, Wyoming, Idaho, and Montana. (laughs) So, (laughs) what? Your face is doing things. (laughs) Oh, I can't hear you. You're still on mute. Sorry. <laughs> it's probably for the best because I was like, I. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the AUB's claim to authority are based around the accounts of John Wickersham Woolley and Lauren Calvin Woolley of a meeting in September 1886 between pres- pres- the president, President John Taylor, mm-hmm. the Woolleys, and others. Listeners, I've been drinking whiskey, so... (laughs) Prior to the meeting, President Taylor is said to have met with Jesus Christ and Joseph Smith and to have received revelation commanding that plural marriage should not cease, but be kept alive by a group separate from the LDS Church. The following day, the Woolies, as well as Taylor's counselor, George Q. Cannon, we know that name, and others were set apart to keep the principal of polygamy alive, including sufficient priesthood authority to perform marriage ceilings and pass on that authority. So wait, this is when John Taylor was mm-hmm. president? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's this meeting and this becomes important later because um, they're very they're very focused on this meeting that happened and you'll see later I'm not to I'm not spoiling anything, but you'll see later on Under the Heaven this meeting becomes very important in that show too, but like the oh, okay. um, and I didn't know about that. Like when I read this, I had yeah, I had, I've never. Um, I had just seen that episode, and so I was like, oh, oh shit. Oh. So, um, so their whole point is that um, plural marriage, because like we ha- they have to break off to keep plural marriage alive. Because it's an eternal concept, and um, something has to keep this concept, this or this uh, plural marriage covenant or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, um, but we have to I've continue heard our that before. I've heard that it was like that the breakoffs were because they had to. They had to, but I didn't know it was like John Taylor involved in it. I thought it was just like yeah. personal revelation. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was just like, oh, well, we don't believe that. We're just going to do this. Yeah, or people that are like, it's just because the government's making them stop, so we're going to go to Mexico. And that's, yeah, that's what I thought it was. That's always what they make you believe, especially in the, like, our, our, the mainstream, quote unquote, 
Yeah. Where uh, I learn about all this, I'm just like, um, the mainstream LDS church that we went to isn't actually what Joseph Smith, like the ones Mm-mm. that broke off are actually closer to what he, he had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They actually uh, follow like directly. Like I felt I watched, oh, I watched the keep sweet and obey documentary on Netflix. Yeah. And what they follow is, like, the prophet's teachings. And that made me, like... That makes me feel icky. I am, like, three episodes into that, I think. Oh, it's so rough. It gets so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listeners, again, you'll probably want to take a shower after this. Um, (laughs) Members of the AUB see their history going back to Joseph Smith and to the beliefs he espoused and practices he established. Uh, They believe that the LDS Church has made unacceptable changes to doctrines and ordinances. The members of the AUB see it as their responsibility to keep those doctrines and ordinances alive in the form they were originally given and to live all the laws God has commanded. Each doctrine practice changed or abandoned by the LDS Church is in turn perpetuated by the AUB. So they're supposed to just like take on these. They're supposed to keep the truth. That's what's weird to me is like if they're supposed to be the truth, like supposed quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Then what do we do? Like what does the other church do? Like what is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it makes me wonder like if there's a connection at the top to these other mm. organizations. You know what I mean? Like if they're still in cahoots, kind of thing. Yeah, or? if there's a connection there, or like. Ooh, yeah. There is something there. I found some stuff where it's like the, um, like a lot of these churches don't get along. Like, and I can't, we might get into it, but there's, I can't keep them straight because I've gone into so many things. But the, um, one of them wants to, and it might be this one. We might get into it. I might be jumping into something, but, um, they want to preach to, the art like the lds people because they they think that we're that they're um astray they're the ones that are wrong and i think that's what actually i think that's what i'm going to be coming into this here in a minute i might be jumping ahead (laughs) anyway okay yeah so until the 1950s also i need to note that um most of my information comes from wikipedia so <laughs> take it with a grain of salt take yeah. it as it is like it's not like the sources aren't some not all of it there like i will tell you like there's other sources that i have in here that are um probably a little more reliable but this is like i don't know um but i did look and like verify some of the stuff just to make sure and so um and if it wasn't completely accurate i kind of changed some stuff so but the majority of it's from wikipedia so and i didn't really have to do that with a lot of it but um i did stuff to the kind of like back it up and be like oh okay is that how it is because like if it was like a question in my mind i was like uh that sounds weird and i would like google it and i'd be like and then i'd find another source that said oh that's the exact same thing so yeah perfect uh, I also used some of the sources that were in Wikipedia that they had footnoted. Oh, so. the external ones? Yeah. yeah. Those are always good, too. Yeah. All right. 
So, until the 1950s, Mormon fundamentalists were largely one group, but with the ordination in 1951 of Rulon C. Allred by Joseph W. Musser, who then presided over the fundamentalists, the group in Colorado City, Arizona, became more distant. Within a few years, they formed their own group, which is now known as the FLDS. So, that happened in the 50s. Yeah. Oh... That's pretty oh, soon. Okay. That's pretty relevant. That's really re- yeah. recent. Yeah. I thought they were around for a lot longer than that. I thought so. It was just one like polygamist branch, and now it's become two of them, basically. Yeah. You're well, it becomes you can't see me several. doing hand yeah. gestures. But. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes sorry. sense to me. It's fine. <laughs> well, and oh, and there's tons of branches off that I oh man. I had no idea about, but, um, yeah. Wild. That thing's wild. Yeah. As of 1998, there were approximately 10,000 members of the AUB, most of whom reside in Utah and Mexico. The headquarters is in Bluffdale, Utah, where there's a chapel, school, archives, and a sports field. Of course there's a sports field. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> The AUB has communities in Rocky Ridge, Harvest Haven, Mount Pleasant, Cedar City, Granite Ranch, Granite Ranch, Wab County, Utah, Pinesdale, Montana, Pleasant Valley, Nevada, Lavelle. Why is that word so weird to me? Lavelle, Wyoming, <laughs> Lovell, Wyoming, Mesa, Arizona, Humansville, Missouri, Southeast Idaho, which is where I am, and Ozumba, Mexico, which will be coming up later. That's another foreshadowing, but anyway. Um, the AUB's members tend to integrate with their surrounding communities, much more so than some other Mormon fundamentalists, such as FLDS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they, like, wear normal clothes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to find that the AUB is a little more, like, kind of like a... So the FLDS is very separate from people. Like, they like to separate themselves from the rest of the world, where the AUB mm-hmm. is trying to integrate themselves a little bit more. Okay. Be a little more like we're we're not weird. You're the weird ones. We're the cool we're cool moms. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that, that keeps coming up. <laughs> I love that I had to buy the mug because it keeps coming up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, this can largely largely be attributed to the AUB's former prophet Owen A. Allred. And his desire to be upfront with local law enforcement and the news media, especially when it came to ending rumors of underage arranged marriages that many other fundamentalist Mormon groups were known for. <laughs> Allred believed that transparency was the key in helping the community see that the AUB and his members were not a threat. So he's, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I still have a problem well, with. Well. Plural marriage, but at least yeah. not, yeah. not, <laughs> these guys aren't into underage marriage, at least. So I guess there's that. Thank God for that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the organization is that the AUB is headed by the president of the priesthood. <sighs> That's what they call him, president of the priesthood. Gross. Next authority is a priesthood council. Below the priesthood council are the presidents of the 70. 
the 70 quorum members, high priests, elders, Aaronic priesthood members, the Women's Relief Society, of course, they're below all of it. Anyway, mm. Sunday school, girls' class, Boy Scouts, and the children's primary organizations. So it's so it's very, very similar to like mainstream LDS. Yeah. On a local level, there are bishops and priesthood council representatives. General, it's weird that they, it's so weird to me that they have a relief society. Like, just thinking, like, that there's, because, and you, so, um, there, on my mission, I remember coming across this woman that was, like, yelling at us for, like, you guys are, what did she say? She's like, you guys are, um, misogynistic. And at the time, I was just like, oh, you know, she's like, you guys hate women and all this stuff. I was like, no, we don't. And my companion was like, he said, we have the largest women's organization in the world. And he was talking about the Relief Society. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, technically, he's not, I don't know how right he is, but I don't know. I just remember him, like, bragging about that a lot. Like, he was like, oh, the Relief Society, we're not anti-feminist. We're, we got the Red Relief Society. And, like, but, and then you realize that the Relief Society has zero power. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a breadcrumb like oh yeah you can have a relief society president you can have like a, your own class and you can do whatever you want and you know it's, just let you do mm-hmm. what you do what you, women talking over there and learn how to be wives and mothers and we can talk over here and talk about manly shit <laughs> i don't know <laughs> man shit oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah right. uh they have general sacrament meeting and Sunday school meetings are held on Sundays as well as priesthood meetings. But Relief Society and youth kids groups meet throughout the week. So that's how it used have... to be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like my dad, when my dad was a kid, he remembers going to primary on Tuesdays or Wednesdays or something. Yeah, and they had like Sunday schools on a different day too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. So weird to me. Uh, all right, so a little bit of their doctrine is um, they believe in the Book of Mormon and Bible, and they accept the Articles of Faith. Uh, the AUB teaches that the LDS Church is still fulfilling a divine role in spreading the Book of Mormon and other basic doctrines of Mormonism, and in facilitating genealogy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, they, so I once heard somebody say the reason that the LDS church stopped going by Mormon, other than it's a win for Satan, is uh, because all these other shoot-offs call themselves Mormons, and they're trying desperately to, like, separate themselves from, separate themselves from these offshoots. And the more I hear about stuff like this, the more I'm like, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Not only... Th- and. Also, the whole, like, um, there's a lot of, like, ex-Mormon and anti-quote-unquote Mormon stuff that they can yeah. just Google and, like, you Google Mormon and all that shit comes up. Yeah. So. And also, just because you're not Mormon doesn't mean you're anti-Mormon. Just because exactly. you don't do Mormon things doesn't make you an anti-Mormon. I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, yeah, they're so anti-Mormon. I'm like, no, they're not. They just don't believe the same stuff as you. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and here we scream into the void. The um, I I don't like olives. I'm not anti olive. I just don't choose don't to like eat them. them. Yeah. 
<sighs> don't even know about Mormons. They don't even care. They just hear about them. They're like, oh, those are the people that have multiple wives. And it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, and I guess that's maybe what where they want that separation is they don't want to be known for like plural marriage or whatever, but. Oh, especially after Warren Jeffs got busted and went to jail. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, what was like when you were talking about the um, that makes me think of like that the whole victim complex too of like oh we're being so persecuted yeah everything mm-hmm. that's if you don't if you're not with us you're against us me 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 yeah. you know hate that as soon as you ask a question I like if I were to ask like my sisters or my parents a question it's an anti Mormon question and I'm like no <laughs> it's not. <sighs> It's not. It's just a question, but whatever. Everything's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's great. All right. Members of the AUB are known for polygamy. They also believe in the United Order, uh, which is, I think, I might need to look that up. Um, United Order is the, uh, like, it's for patriarchal stuff. Adam Goddard, exclusion of blacks from priesthood and what is known as the 1886 meeting, which is the John Taylor meeting. Um, um, United Order, intending to shore up smaller communities' resources against outside interests. Oh, that's what it is. It's like a okay. com- communal living, like a um, like living. So they live in those compounds, whatever. Right. And everything. What's so like more a, self-sufficient or whatever. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's what. I knew I had read that, but I just couldn't remember what the... All right. Uh, While not all members participate in plural marriage, it is considered a crucial part in the quest for obtaining the highest glory of heaven. So they also believe in the three degrees and all that stuff. So, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. So, in that keep sweet, listeners, if you haven't listened, watched it, but, like, I met the part where the... Warren Jeff's dad is it his dad that died? Yeah. And then Rulon Jeffs, yeah. Rulon Jeffs, like and he had sixty five wives. And then um he takes over and uh like kind of sneaks his way in there and like and then he like starts suddenly just marrying his dad's wives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I'm just like well, Okay. <laughs> so gross. Um Yeah. So disgusting, but but yeah, that's apparently you know it's the how you get to the highest degree of glory. Bang sixty-five other women, cool. Sounds like hell to me, actually. But whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I probably should have. You probably should not have been drinking at that point. (laughs) Oh, the bubbles! (laughs) Dustin's about to blow kabooch out her nose. (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. You want me to bang how many women? No. Like what? I get heaven? No, thank you. <laughs> and now my little sister who is sitting right here, her ears are scarred because she heard me talking about banging women. So <laughs> for all of us, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey now you're okay it's not gonna happen trust me 
So, <laughs> hey, you bet. This is where we get into oh, so the attitudes towards the mainstream LDS church. Um, AUB members regard the LDS church as an important vehicle in spreading Mormonism's introductory teachings, particularly through the LDS church's missionary program. So they like parts of, they like that the church is spreading the Book of Mormon, blah, 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 right? Right, because then they can take those members and be like, hey, come to us. We have more. We're living the real truth. We got the plural marriage over here. You can bang all the women you want over here. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I also thought it was weird that, like, okay, so this, I know I keep bringing it up, but that <laughs> documentary, it's just blowing my mind. Like, he'll just, like, marry these women overnight. Like, suddenly mm-hmm. he has, like, three wives the next, like, three more wives the next night. Like, Anyway, whatever. It's weird, right? Weird. Ugh. But yeah. Oh, but but gay people are weird. We're the weird. The yeah. Ones. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, gay people came in a couple of years. <laughs> Gay men have <laughs> she covers one ear. <laughs> oh, she's got one an ear pod and the other one, so they're good. Um, so <laughs> gay men will have orgies, so I guess that's kind of the same. <laughs> she gets, <laughs> and now she's sick. All right, so <laughs> poor kid. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, all right, so. They, the missionary program and the widespread publication of the Book of Mormon. So they agree with the Book of Mormon stuff, right? Uh, the group's founder, Rulon C. Alred. Isn't it Rulon? Great name. <laughs> uh, he told a fundamentalist congregation in 1966, which is actually pretty recent, um, we are specifically instructed through John Taylor by Joseph Smith and Jesus Christ and by Joseph Muster as Musser as well, that we are not to interfere with the function of the LDS church on November 16, 1966 in another discourse, he commented, we are not in a position to dictate to the LDS church or to presume that we preside over LDS church president David O. McKay or that we can send missionaries into the fields of labor, or that we can in any way dictate the affairs of the church. Uh, I feel like there's some sort of... Like a... Chatty chatty between McKay and Rulon. Oh, for sure, yeah. I feel like there's like... He was like, you guys, you can do your polygamy thing, but like, you you can't can't be stepped on over here. Don't step on our toes. Like, all right. Well, uh, we're going to pilfer your members, though, that look like they're interested in polygamy, and you're just going to be okay with that. And he was like, all right, fine, sure. There you go. This is what I imagine. <laughs> I can see it. That's not out of the realms of possibility. <laughs> Shit we've uncovered in the last year. <sighs> I, You could tell me that they were all lizard people, and I'd be like, yeah, probably. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking really deeply about that now. I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> I really th- think that like the royal family are like lizard people and yeah. stuff. Yeah, so, Hillary Clinton. I mean, there's a huge thing about like yeah. they think that yeah. the Clintons are lizard people and that like yeah. Uh, you know why not? Well, and I lived in Denver, so there's um, the Denver airport. Like they think that the like that there's tunnels underneath the Denver airport that go to like that are for the lizard people. Oh, I think I've heard that. I didn't know it was a Denver, Something but I've heard that. that there was like airport tunnels and stuff, and I was like, well, cool. and so the um, the conspiracy is that like Denver, Colorado is like a hub for like. <laughs> um, let's see for how to paranormal stuff. Like it's like a, it's a hot spot, and so and like so the lizard people are all there, and that they just spread from there. I don't know. I don't. I could be getting that all wrong. I don't. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, <laughs> maybe we could do an episode on that show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, put that on top hat and. <laughs> uh, oh, these stones are speaking to me. Yeah. <laughs> telling me all is God's truth. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. marry 14 year olds. <laughs> oh, sorry. She was nearly 15. My apologies. My oh, apologies. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So, my little Almost sister 15. is nearly 15. Yeah. So, that's great. That's good Can you to imagine know, but... her marrying like a 30 year old man right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So she just said, I can get married and have kids? I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Not right now. Don't do it, girl. Not right now. <laughs> <sighs> Wait until you're in your 30s. <laughs> it's way you are going to be 37 when you get married and have kids, okay? Uh, no, we're not talking about that. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. God's, we, oh, let's see. We are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, no matter who may decry, decry it or may deny it. So they they still so they think, claim themselves as it. Yeah. Okay. That's, That's interesting, right? Problematic, but sure. <laughs> yeah. We are functioning within the spiritual confines of the church, he commented, but we are definitely outside of its legal organization. Oh, okay. So, do they follow the word of wisdom, too? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Because if they don't have, I don't know, I wonder, do they have to, like, temple temple recommends and stuff? No, they wouldn't, then. They do have a temple. In Mexico, right? It was in, um, let's see, I had that at the beginning here. It was in, they have a temple, yeah, it's in Mexico. Mm. That was built in the 1990s. <sighs> huh. Yeah, so I don't know. That's a good point. I Google if they what have it looks like, like the same type of, um, oh yeah, so they're, oh, yeah, um, we're going to get to that because like you can, um, it's uh, there's very few pictures of it. <laughs> if, oh, it kind of looks right? like um, like the Kirtland Temple type. Yeah, thing. it kind of like, does look like I, Kirtland. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Interesting, right? <laughs> oh no. Yeah, there really isn't a lot of um pictures of it. It's got a big old walls around it. 
Yeah, it looks like a fort too, a little bit, like a little creepy because it's like all blocked off and shit. Yeah. I remember I got a little bit of heebie-jeebies looking at it. I was like, mm, like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get a little heebie-jeebie when I look at a lot of mm-hmm. like of religious buildings. Yeah. Like I went into this church down. This is way off topic, but I went into this church down in Mexico, and I was like. Oh, I don't like it in this building. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> the I don't know. There was something. There was something. Yeah, something in there. Do you know what was one not... of the coolest things I went through though was I went to it, this Greek Orthodox church in my on my mission, and they had like this um, like some event that they somebody had invited us to it. Like they gave us a card and we went, actually went to it. Oh. And it was like one of the coolest things that ever. Like there was a cool vibe. It was like there was um beautiful building like those those spires and stuff like the um and on the inside it's gold everywhere and my companion of course was like oh and just worshiping the gold and maybe really <laughs> sorry we have a million dollar chandelier in our temple how's that different <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we go off of how, how they're different we're, yeah uh, exactly yeah like ukrainian churches are very very pretty too yeah very elaborate. Yeah. Um, speaking of, so there was, I saw a picture, like this rendering of a new temple. What was it? And I was like, they're getting like very creative with the way they build these temples. Like they're, they're not like the typical, like, it's not like, oh, that's a, that's a temple, you know, like they're very. Right. More like, uh, I don't know. It's just a different style. I find that in different countries, too, they have to be more, um, like, aware of, like, the local architecture Mm -hmm. in order to actually build their temples, I think. Yeah. Well, I think there's one, isn't there one in New York where it's, like, in a high-rise? I don't know. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. New York LDS Temple. (laughs) Spell it would help. (laughs) Oh, it's like right next to a high rise. It kind of looks oh. like it's part of it. Yeah. Weird. I always pictured because I remember them describing that they were gonna like put it right in New York, or whatever. And I would picture like, oh, so you're just gonna like ride up this elevator on this high rise, and then like, yeah, uh, yeah, open the elevator doors open, and like, oh, here's my temple recommend. And then you go into these like, I was like, that sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, the Manhattan Temple looks like a business building. Like it's very strange. Very weird. <sighs> Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess this is talking about Rulon Allred still. So, under his leadership, the Allred Group did no missionary work or temple work, leaving those responsibilities to the LDS Church. So it feels like there's definitely like a partnership. Mm-hmm. There like has guys, to be doing things. You guys do your, you know, you guys are doing part of this work, and we're going to do this work, kind of yeah. thing. Oh, do they pay tithing? I bet they don't. Ooh. That's a good question. How did the, but how do they how are they self sufficient? They must they, they must have to pay into it somehow. Are they kinda like the um that was another thing that was in that keep sweet thing where they um 
the young men are used as like free labor, basically. Yeah, and nobody owns their own house or anything. Like yeah, very communal. Yeah. Okay, I just was asking Google if they pay tithing, and the first thing that came up was how to pay tithing and fast offerings using Hello Money app. Oh. There's an app to pay tithing now? Yeah, yeah, it's all... Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad I'm sitting down right now. (laughs) You you can just Venmo the church, basically? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Does God have a Venmo? <laughs> uh, do you guys get tax receipts and stuff, like, when you do your tithing? Oh. Um, In the I know you can submit them to the, like, you can submit them through the way I do it. I do my taxes through, what's it called, TurboTax. Mm-hmm. So if I were a member of the church, you can, there's a, a section where you can put your charity don't charity donations and you could put that under that oh okay and so you would just submit it that way yeah because i always remember we would get like our tithing settlement whatever and then we could submit it for with our taxes or whatever yeah so weird (sighs) it's just weird anyway sorry that was a really long tangent everyone sorry my bad (laughs) it went along really well you're good um he predicted rulon c allred predicted in 1975 (laughs) <laughs> that the time is at hand when God is going to intervene in the matter and the temples will be open to us and we will have our endowments and do our own work for our dead. Um, mm. That was in 1935. And, like, <laughs> it's not Even old. we're not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we old, but we ain't that old. <laughs> yeah. We need the, the um, red, but we, <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Botox coming up soon though. Um <laughs> Under his brother Owen's leadership, the AUB constructed its own endowment houses for ordinance work. This was in response to the LDS Church's policy change, which extended priesthood and temple blessings to all races. Change which caused Allred to exclaim, Do not go into a temple that has been devi- defiled by the Canaanite being invited <gasps> to it. Yeah. Whoa. So they still, they, yeah, they're still about the whole, let's not let the blacks have the priesthood and that kind of, um, yeah. And I don't know if they're still that way, but that's, uh, and to publish an ad listing several racial statements from Brigham Young and accusing the LDS church of forgetting past revelations. Several LDS joined the AUB over such changes. So there was a very movement of LDS people that left because of the priesthood. And if you've watched the Under Under the Banner of the Heaven, they get into that a little bit. Oh, okay. I'm only on... Um, Episode 3 has been released in Canada, so... Okay. It's not super spoiled, but it gets a little... I assumed it would be part of it. They mentioned it because it's that time period. But like they mentioned that um, a lot of people are leaving... Because of that. Um, that makes sense. I mean, you've been brainwashed your whole life to think that these people are scum and then. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird to think about. Like, we were. It was just right before we were born, you mm-hmm. and I. Like, that's not that long ago. No. <laughs> like, we are young babies. Every time I think about that. Yeah, because we're so young. Yeah. <laughs> that's but really, what 
Like it's that's what blows my mind about it. Is it so? It was not that long ago. Like what we were talking about this is completely off topic, but we were talking about the nineteen. 19- 46 project where homosexual wasn't in the bible until 1946 that was not that long ago yeah no like yeah uh... <laughs> right my brain <laughs> you thought you'd have a nice little sunday evening yeah yes, and just enjoy oh, myself yeah. yeah thank you yeah. for ruining my You're life welcome. it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, what's uh, that? The connection went out? Click. <laughs> I'm going through a tunnel. Jake, I'm going through a tunnel. It's fine. I'm like, but you're not out of stuff. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> a goose has broken into my house. I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> the goose is coming knocking. <laughs> my God, geese. <laughs> These little bastards. No. <sighs> okay. Okay, you ready so, more? Okay. I, uh, I guess so. All right. I mean, it's, it's still we're <laughs> we got a few more pages here, hun. <laughs> okay. Drew Briney, an author on Mormon polygamy, former AUB member and appeals attorney, <sighs> summarized AUB members' general sentiment toward the LDS Church. Oh, God, this is long. Okay, so the AUB accepts the mainstream LDS Church as Christ Church, but views it as, quote-unquote, out of order, just as the Israel Israelites were out of order at the time of Christ. Still accepted, just somewhat prodigal. <laughs> members are taught... So they, <laughs> they're the ones. Okay, so... <laughs> It's hard to think of it's hard to think of like the high demand religion that we were in as being like the ooh, they're the bad kids. They're a little chaotic. They're not really yeah. they're not doing it right. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Uh its members are taught that they should not disparage the LDS church and its leaders teach that the quote unquote quote unquote that mother church called the mother church should be respected by the quote unquote father. AUB or the priesthood. So the AUB considers themselves the father. The father. And the LDS church is the mother church. <laughs> the same as a husband should take care of and honor a wayward wife <gasps> in as much as he is able to do so. <laughs> I can't. Oh yeah. my god. I think my brain is going to explode. <laughs> Incidentally, AUB's leaders commonly concede that no organization is exempt from being out of order to some degree, including the AUB, but they emphasize that the LDS Church has abandoned many doctrines taught by the early brethren, not just plural marriage. I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah. Blood atonement, get your own planet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, not, they're not wrong. Not wrong. Some of these doctrines that you already include Adam-God teachings, which... Listeners, if you have not listened to the Adam God theory on Not Somali Mormon, oh. they did such a great job of covering it. So go go listen to it. It blew my mind. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, United Order or full consecration. Proper con- the proper conferral of the priesthood. The ban What's on black. 
so proper conferral, they're talking about like the um, they don't necessarily think that they have the full authority. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, because uh, yeah, um, the ban on blacks receiving the priesthood, the doctrine of dissolution. Entirely sure what that is. Uh, the kingdom of God as a separate organization from the church. The ordinance of rebaptism. What the fuck? What is rebaptism? I should have looked at. That. Okay, okay I'm not so um, doctrine of dissolution. <laughs> By dissolving the marriage with mutual consent, it will bring out the happy marriages and reduce the number of unhappy marriages. Uh, is that right? Maybe it's the doctrine of being able to take divorce. Is that divorce? Maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, terminating marital rights between spouses. Oh, okay. So, okay, whatever. Anyway. So I guess <laughs> they believe in dissolving marriages, which... Uh, Technically, the LDS church didn't. I had to leave in order to get my ceiling canceled because they would not without my ex-husband's permission. That's true. And the uh, you'll find out the sister wives from TLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them, I think, have divorced the husband. So Yeah, so one divorced the husband legally. The first wife divorced him legally so he could adopt their fourth, the fourth wife's kids. Because oh. he couldn't adopt them if they weren't legally married. And then one of them uh, has actually spiritually divorced him and has left the family. Oh. Christine. Okay. I'm very into it. Can you tell? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to get into it in just a minute. <laughs> Uh, the the ordinance of rebaptism, the ordinance of mother's blessings, mm. mm-hmm. giving about. a complete temple endowment. I, you know, I feel like so you have brought up about how um, you as a mother being more in tune with your child, mm-hmm. and how um, a father's blessing trumps that, and how you should as a mother being able to know what your child needs and having that connection with God, you should have the authority to give him a blessing through the power of God. And, but the Trump, the church doesn't see that. But the church doesn't see that. No, the church says, no, a man with magic oil needs to uh, put oil on your kid's head. A magic oil and a penis. Like those are the things that make him um, able to (laughs) 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 because I said penis. Um, so like so we had a medical (laughs) issue with my son I won't go into it but laying in a hospital gurney and he was not okay Mm -hmm. and I put my forehead on his forehead so we were like nose to nose and I said you are going to be fine I am going to make sure that you are fine I am not going to let anything bad happen to you and he immediately was like calm and like let the doctors do what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. But but the church would say, like, no, you don't have the authority to say you are going I'm willing you to be fine. Do you have yeah. to have a man come in and put oil on his head and pray over him? And mm-hmm. like it's so so weird. Because I was thinking about that once we got home. Like how if I was a believing member, I'd be calling my home teachers or whatever to come help. Yeah, because you need a home teacher to Mm-hmm. You know, it's a priest in authority to come in and tell you and do the thing that you can't do. Mm-hmm. Which like, apparently yeah, they know about more that. about your your child than you do. 
Yeah, eighty-two-year-old man who sees our family once a month or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the wearing of a let's see, oh, I missed something. Temple about giving of a complete temple endowment as opposed to the shortened version now administered in the LDS Church. So they have the full. They they probably still do the blood atonement and all probably. that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine you probably have to get naked in the tub for your taking out your endowment. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like we had a bat, we were naked. Now you uh-huh. wear your garments to get it. But the the gospel never changes. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, God he never changes. He's everlasting. Yeah, but he he wanted you and me to be standing buck ass naked with somebody as old as dirt touching our bodies. Yeah. <laughs> well now that's not okay. They get to wear their garments. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of garments, the wearing of a full-length unaltered garment, so probably from wrist to ankle. Wrist to ankle, yeah, and one pieces. Yeah, the unchanging nature. Ooh, yeah, so cute. Uh, the unchanging nature of all ordinances. Prayer circles outside of the temple. The law. I know <laughs> your face. <laughs> The law of adoption, which I want to do an episode on, sealing men to men as father to son. I'm like, oh, okay, daddy. But uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what they mean. Oh, I know, I know, that's not what they mean. But yeah. that's amazing. All right. Uh, and the teaching that <laughs> that's not what that means. Uh, don't ruin my fantasies, Dusty. Um, and the teaching that a living prophet can never lead you astray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey. Even if he strays from teachings and revelations of previous prophets. <laughs> but the second he dies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just a man. Listen to this new guy it's now. It's like how uh, Russ Nilsson uh, changed, is like changed everything since Thomas Monson died. So, yeah, that's cool. Ugh. But no. Anyway. So I found a blog. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called 52 Weeks in 52 Faiths. Oh, okay. So it's actually, no, it's, it sound, sounds really cool. And it's pretty old. It's like from 2014. Uh, so this person, um, let's see, the author visited a different church each week. The author is Raphael Mills, and the blog is 52 Weeks in 52 Faiths. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, and they're from Utah. This post was from 2014. I don't think the blog is still active, but um, Raphael is an exmo. Uh, he says that in his biography. Oh. He re- he recounts his visit to the AUB compound in Bluffdale, Utah, and this can be found at 52weeks52churches.blogspot.com. See, look at me doing research. Um, so proud. <laughs> <laughs> a little tear, a solitary tear. Um, I went to down to Bluffdale, Utah. This is him talking, not me. Um, I went down to Bluffdale, Utah, to the world headquarters of the Apostolic United Brethren. As I mentioned, this is a church that the people from Sister Wives belong to. I have to say, this was unlike any other religious exploration I had ever done. So he talks about the atmosphere. First of all, first off, the city of Bluffdale is between Salt Lake and another slightly metropolitan area about a half hour south of Salt Lake called Provo. (laughs) Okay. It's a very rural area filled with windmills, strip mines, and miles upon miles of desert landscape. 
you really do feel like you're in a small city in the middle of nowhere in the area. Uh, Bluffdale is about an hour and a half driven south of where I live. Finding the place proved to be a lot harder than we anticipated. We knew it was near Camp Williams Army Base, but it wasn't obvious. We drove around for a very long time before we finally came upon it from the main road. We turned down a side road that actually turned out to be the road leading there. Uh, this is really creepy, just so you know. Okay, so <laughs> when we saw it around the bend, we, it was more surreal than I expected. I was told this was a ranch. This is, was not a ranch, but a compound. There were two main buildings and several smaller buildings, including what looked like a couple of housing units surrounding the two main ones and a large parking lot. He even has pictures on there, and it was like weird. Uh, so, listeners, go and look it up if you want to look at these pictures. They're, maybe I'll put them on the Instagram too. But um, we were unsure which one to go to, so just followed members to the one on the right. Oh, I can't breathe very well. All right. <sighs> Breathing. All right. I asked if this building was open to the public. He said yes, then quickly sprinted away from us. From my understanding, one of these buildings is the meeting house, and the other is their endowment house, a substitute temple used for their endowment ceremony. The entryway into the building was a simple foyer with white walls. There was a picture of George Washington praying at Valley Forge. <laughs> I've seen this painting in many LDS churches and buildings. We have it in my house, my parents' house. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never seen it before. Huh. Really? I'm sure I have. I just didn't pay attention to it, probably. I think it was painted by the guy. So he did the, um, you know, those Book of Mormon paintings that you see of all, like, Nephi being all ripped and stuff. <laughs> and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super white. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, it's that guy that did them. I think. Oh, okay. Same. That makes sense, actually. Yeah. And so he did a painting of George Washington. I could be wrong, but... Listeners, if I'm wrong, let me know and I'll correct it. But <laughs> uh, if not, then whatever. All right. Uh, the significance of this painting to Mormons has never been explained to me. And anyone who can tell me why it's so common, please let me know. It's because he's praying. I don't know. And so it's like the American exceptionalism and the American dream and George Washington, blah, blah, blah. All right. Mm-hmm. I guess it makes sense you wouldn't see George. Why would you? Why would you yeah. see George? Washington painting. I'm just like, what? Dusty, why didn't you see a George Washington painting? That's weird. <laughs> oh, why don't you get your passport to go to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> Even in our hymn books in church, they had like pasted over O Canada over top of the Star Spangled Banner in the back oh, really? of the hymn book. Hmm? O Canada. Did you sing it in church? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? <laughs> Canada Day weekend, sing O Canada in church. Oh, see, yeah, and we'd sing the Star Spangled Banner in church, too, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> so weird. So okay. weird. Uh-oh. Where did my... Uh-oh. Hold on. Are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, sorry, my still... computer went to sleep. Sorry. <laughs> I've had enough. I've had enough. Your computer's like, um, and then we're over this. Like, stop. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, let's see. Right next to the entrance was a picture of this church's most influential influential leader, Rulon Allred. So it's just like us having, like the Mormons having, uh, like President Monson and like all the like old prophets. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The picture was surrounded by a few flower displays. Also along the wall was a picture of Joseph Smith and one of Jesus. Yeah, sounds like a Mormon church. Yep. The chapel was a giant gymnasium complete with basketball hoops that were raised up. (laughs) It's a Mormon church. Oh, my God. Towards the front of the gym was a stage. The stage was converted into a pulpit with a podium and several chairs for the leaders, the priesthood, and the choir director. So it sounds a little bit janky compared to a church, but like still like the same concept. Mm-hmm. Like if you have the overflow, you're in the you're in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the stage. Uh, let's see. The stage was. Uh, I missed some. Let's see chairs. The choir director. To the right side of the stage were pictures of the first three Mormon prophets, Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and John Taylor. We need to do an episode on John Taylor. I've been thinking about this. Like, we talk a lot of shit about Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, but, like, John Taylor was pretty fucked up, too. So Yeah, that's true. I feel like you're probably related to him in some way. <gasps> yeah, probably. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, that wasn't uh, meant to like shade I just felt like it was like, a very like LDS okay. name if you go back oh, yeah. so. guaranteed that we're related <laughs> but, um, uh, these are the only prophets the AUB honor below their pictures was a quote from John Taylor which read the kingdom of God or nothing to the left of the stage was a picture of Jesus and right below it was a banner that had a quote from the book of Mormon <laughs> Overall, the atmosphere was not one designed for function and not aesthetic. I wasn't impressed by the look of it, but it was functional and did have a few personal touches on it. Uh, The people. So this was one group of people who didn't want us there. Only two people talked to us the whole time we were there, and the rest wouldn't even make eye contact with us. They were rather friendly with each other, but not us. Oh. Uh, Yeah, very cold. Very Christian, you know. Mm -hmm. Loving. Very good people. So Christ-like. Yeah. Uh, the people were dressed like typical Mormons going to church, long skirts and cap sleeve tops for women, slacks and ties on men. There were a couple hundred of them, and apparently that was about a third of the congregation. The rest were at a funeral for one of the members who had died. I, just, I feel like it's a lot of people to go to a funeral. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, Mormon funerals are also, like, Huge. insane. There were that looked like the stereotype, stereotype of a polygamist with the braids and prairie dresses, but they were minority. I'm assuming these ones are ones who left the FLDS or similar groups and joined this one. It's interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, most of the members of the congregation were white, few Latino members. In addition to that, most of the people looked remarkably similar to each other. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking? <laughs> are we saying that uh, the gene pool is all shallow end? Uh, yeah, we're saying Raphael. <laughs> I think they were saying they're all related. <laughs> all related. Lovely. So many of the young boys were tall, lanky guys with blonde hair, and many of the women were similarly built. The ages spanned many generations, from babies to people in the babies to people in their 80s or 90s. Uh, when we first entered the chapel, ch- chapel, the chapel, an elderly gentleman came and introduced himself to us. He then found some other elderly, el- oh my God, elderly gentlemen 
who looked a lot like Vincent Price in his old age. <laughs> the old man then proceeded to interrogate us as to why we were there. The first question out of his mouth after he got our names was, are you guys LDS? I told him that I was, but that I left, and my two other friends with me told him no as well. He then asked if we believed in the Book of Mormon. We again answered no. He then asked if we believed in Joseph Smith and modern-day prophets. We again said no. He then looked at us with this look of disdain and asked why we would waste our precious time by coming there. <laughs> because he has a blog to write. <laughs> yeah, he's writing a blog. God damn. Also, can he wonder why nobody was friendly? Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we explained that we were just there. We were just there to see what it was all about. For a moment, it seemed he wasn't going to let us into the chapel. Why do I keep saying chapel? Chapel, and nearly asked us to leave. At the last minute, my friend Lisa won him over by talking about her Mormon pioneer heritage. This this seemed to disarm him, and he let us come in, but very reluctantly. So it's like you, like me saying, like, "Oh yeah, I'm related to Porter Rockwell, who killed, like, he tried to kill a president, and it's fine." <laughs> so anyway <laughs> uh, we sat towards the back and the president of their church along with several other members sat up on the stage they look, kept looking at us pointing at us then talking about us this concerned me a bit but we played it cool overall I realized we were not really welcome there they didn't do anything to make us feel welcome and avoided us, avoided us in general people even moved to make sure they didn't sit by us you can't sit with us I've never <laughs> felt that welcome in any place we've been the families were big and definitely polygamous families but they were dressed quite normally for the most part it's just, it's just of course they're not going to be like you walk in and say we have no desire to be here we're just writing like yeah why would they be kind to you then like you're kind of being a dick by being in yeah. their space and kind of a mockery of it like yeah. no shade on him but like, you should have at least been like we're just interested in learning more about your religion like yeah you should have played that a little better and been like yeah we're totally like or just like at least say like yeah we're just, LDS we're LDS like, or we're interested in what you're teaching here like don't be like nah we don't really like it I don't believe in Joseph Smith like we're just here to of course they don't want you around then yeah like, <laughs> duh <laughs> Like, I've gone to a synagogue, and I wasn't like, yeah, no, I totally, that J-Dog guy, uh, like, yeah, just be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so he talks about the service. Um, he ta- The service was, this was interesting to me. So he talked, let's see. Um, it started with the president of the priesthood, not just the local leader of the group, but the leader of the whole church, um, mm-hmm. saying a few things. Um, after the announcements, the hymn was sung, uh, Come Come Ye Saints, the hymnals, which every time I think of that, I think of the, what was the, nope, can't say it. it is, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, the, Listeners know what we're talking about, too, yeah. if you've been uh, around for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, the hymnals were actually old LDS hymnals from the 40s and 50s, but it seemed they had bought in bulk. Uh, thus, none of the songs were different from many of the hymns of my childhood. Uh, the president stood up to speak again. Uh, let's see. He then said they would begin the sacrament by singing a hymn. He looked straight at the three of us and said, those who have not been baptized by the hands of this priesthood, we ask that you do not partake of the sacrament. That's kind of... That's oof. a little... Like, let's just point that out, yeah. Yeah. A little rough. Ouch. 
this was interesting about the sacrament. The, situ- the sacrament was interesting in, as it was similar yet radically different from the LDS version. LDS sacrament services typically use pre-sliced white bread torn into bits in individual thimble-sized cups of water for their communion. Here they use several full loaves of home-baked bread and several glass water glasses to hold the water. There were a group of about 20 men who passed the sacrament and two who blessed it. As they blessed it, they got on their knees. The two guys who blessed the sacrament then did something I wasn't expecting and put their arm to the square. Oh. Yeah. This is a symbol that is very sacred in the Mormon world, as it's one of the special gestures used in the temple. The only time I've ever seen this done outside the temple is during a baptism. Yeah. So to see it done for sacrament was quite shocking. The prayers they used to bless were identical to the ones in my childhood. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, they passed the sacrament. This is another thing that is different. They passed the sacrament by going row by row, giving the people the bread. After all the members had gone the bread, they asked anyone who hadn't been served to raise their hands. They then went back and had people eat the bread a second time until it was all gone. Oh. Yeah. So, um, to kind of paraphrase what he says, so what, um, I'll just tell you, I'll just explain it. So, like, they, they used the bread until it was gone, and they do the same thing with the water. Like, they don't waste any of it. Whereas, like, with the LDS church, it was always, like, you break up all this bread and you just throw away whatever's left. Yeah. And um, their president spoke on this immediately afterwards, stating that they throw it out, that to throw it out would be to dishonor to Jesus and would be like symbolically throwing away his body and blood that had been given up for us. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It is a good it point. It kind of bugged me a little bit because I'm like, as a teacher, I'm throwing, you know, I'm throwing, you know, clean up the sacrament afterwards. I'm like, we just bless this and we're just throwing it away. You know, mm-hmm. like what's the, what, what's the point of that then? Yeah. Like it kind of takes away the sacredness of it. Yeah, for sure. If it's just disposable afterwards. Yeah. If it's really so sacred, then why are we throwing it away? Um, it, also, it sounds like, so he says that there was a bunch of speakers. Um, he says it was very long and boring. Sounds pretty similar to what they were uh, <laughs> what we went through um says it was uh overall this was the most grueling and uneasy service for me to sit through it was a, like a sacrament meeting in my childhood but much longer more boring and stranger it was scheduled to go on for two more hours but i have a feeling it would have gone longer as we stayed for only one speech and that went on for 45 minutes after the 30 minutes sacrament portion of the service wow yeah he says the message, uh, this, the PA system was very horrible and the room had terrible acoustics. It was hard to understand anything being said. The speaker was from Mexico and had a thick accent and it was even harder to understand what was said. And he said he didn't pay attention to it um, because it required a lot of effort to understand. Um, one of the themes was that the people of the tribe of Ephraim must go and save the Lamanites in the Mexico and elsewhere. Um, he explains all about the 12 tribes of Israel and stuff. I won't go into that, but, um, cause we're going to get into that a little bit later with stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, another thing he was talking about was the significance of special dates of when the priesthood was restored and how it con- coincided with various prophecies. Um, this one was hard to follow and where I spent the least amount of time paying attention. I feel like they were a little bit disrespectful. Yeah. This. Like, 
Like, I can imagine like they were just like sleeping through it. I'm like, mm-hmm. first of all, they don't want you there, and then you sleep through the thing. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, they're weird, but like you, you specifically went on this journey to yeah, you yeah. sought them out. So like, be <laughs> yeah. respectful of their religion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his overall experience, he said, I can safely assert that the, after watching the show Sister Wives and seeing the, this organization, that the show Sister Wives is a very polished, well-choreographed show, you think, to make this group more mainstream, aggressive than it is. Uh, yeah, that's how it's TV almost works, like they have producers and like people that are like trying to make it that way. <laughs> yeah, editors and writers. Editors. There's writers on reality shows, if you hadn't yeah. noticed. <laughs> Uh, they they are not welcome to welcoming to outsiders probably because you're disrespectful but you know Mm -hmm. um they still have an isolated isolated compound feel to them even though they are actively engaged in the world and they are seeking to convert the entire lds church into their dogma and belief uh they don't seem to be as progressive as the lds on things like race it's sad to think that Comparatively, yeah, there's something even worse. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, While they use modern technology and dress in modern clothing, they are still very much in the mindset of of a different time. Try as they want to look like they are part of the mainstream, their lifestyle and radical beliefs will keep them from being so. Uh, They said they call them a Mormon fundamentalist group in modern clothing. So that was his. Anyway, so I found an article on the Sister Wives on TLC. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. I'll tell more about this because I don't know anything about it. But um, It's wild. We need You yeah. just need to sit and binge them all. They're so <laughs> insane. So insane. Is it still on? Yeah. Oh, no. I think maybe it's off now. I think it ended a couple of years ago. I don't know. I haven't had cable in like three years. So. Oh, okay. But... I still catch up with them on social media. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So TLC's Sister Wives premiered in 2010, and the polygamous Brown family has gone through a lot of changes. However, it seems that the family patriarch, Cody Brown, will never shy away from defending his beliefs, even though they are controversial. He's the worst. Also, this is from an article on InTouchWeekly.com, written December 8th, 2021, by Emma Hernandez. Uh, credit where credit is due. Uh, Cody and his three wives, Mary Brown, Janelle Brown, and Robin Brown, as well as Cody's now ex-wife, Christine Brown, belong to the Apostolic United Brethren, which is a sect of the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or the Mormon religion that allows... I love... The, <laughs> see how she put them together? Yeah. That allows followers to practice believe me. It's interesting because this is like a a very much outsider perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Touch uh, Magazine, yeah. Yeah. Cody was previously legally married to Mary. This is what you were talking about, but uh, but the pair divorced in 2014, so he could legally wed Robin to adopt her children from a previous relationship. His other marriages are considered spiritual unions. Mm-hmm. So that's what you were talking about. Yeah. Uh. The AUB is considered the more liberal branch of the fundamentalist movement, according to religious scholar J. Gordon Melton, the author of Encyclopedic Handbook of Cults in America, <laughs> as they allow members to have sex without the strict purpose of procreation. 
Oh, so they're liberal because they have sex for pleasure? For fun, for fun, yeah, just... rather than just making babies. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a, I didn't know that was a qualifier. All right, so. Yeah, he, so Cody, the husband, would like, he was on a schedule of whose house he was at every night. Oh. But him and Mary don't sleep together anymore because they have problems, so. Oh, really? Well, and uh, that's a lot, a lot like that um, Big Love, that show on mm-hmm. HBO. He had a schedule, too. Yeah. And this is, But this is my night, or this is my week, or whatever. I can't remember if it was a week or a night or something like that that he would spend with each wife. Yeah, and he was, like, always whining that, like, he doesn't have his own space. That everybody, all the wives have their house, but he just goes from place to place. And I was like, you are such a fucking moron. <laughs> Ew. Ugh. As Cody likes to say, quote, oh, God, love should be multiplied, not divided. Multiplied, <laughs> not divided. <laughs> and the family sure has multiplied. Cody is a father <laughs> to 18 children mm-hmm. and a grandfather to three. He's a grandfather. He's like not, he's like, what, in his 40s, right? Oh, no, he's older than that. He's got to be in his 50s, his 50s, I would guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I think him and Mary got married in, like, the 80s, so... Oh, okay. So he's but still young for, like... Okay. Uh, while Cody himself felt a divine calling to practice polygamy, and he and his wives raised their children as part of their religious sect, he revealed that he doesn't think any of his children would be part of a polygamous relationship in an episode that aired in March 2020. He's as 53, now, just so you know. Oh, okay. That's good. I yeah. checked it for you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Dusty coming in clutch with the backup. (laughs) (laughs) As of now, all of his married and engaged children are in a monogamous relationship and plan to remain that way. I think the majority of them are oriented towards Christianity, he told TLC. I wanted to advocate faith for my children, but I've really set it in their place to make their choices about God and religion. Unfortunately for the family, polygamy is illegal in all 50 states. However, in 2020, polygamy was decriminalized from a felony to an infraction in Utah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, It's just a slap on the wrist, basically, now. That's cool. You know, okay, on the subject of polygamy, maybe I shouldn't. Should I? Um, So... There's this whole thing in gay relationships called open relationships. And I keep thinking about like how this like triggers this idea of polygamy in me. And I'm like, is this why I have a problem with open relationships? Is this why I think that those are wrong? <laughs> Cause yeah. Like, or like thruples and stuff. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Cause I kind of feel like this. I'm like, Oh, that's not right. And then I'm like, Oh, is it because I was raised to think that polygamy was like, weird now i don't know i mean again if you're in a committed relationship and everyone's consenting and of illegal age do you boo i don't care (laughs) yeah but i also just like so my thing is that i get i always get these like guys that are in these like couples and they're like you want to be a third i'm like no (laughs) so i 
that to me is like I don't like that. But like this, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a polygamy thing or if it's just like that's just your personal. I don't know because Pat wasn't my husband. Patrick wasn't raised really LDS, and he like anytime anything about polygamy is brought up, he's like, "You think I could handle another one of this one?" He's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, uh-uh. I do not even want to." Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I don't know. I I've tried. I mean, I've tried to like open my mind to it, and like I can't do it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So while the Browns, we're almost done. Just so you know. Um. <laughs> huh? While the Browns used to reside in Utah, a state whose population is nearly fifty percent Mormon, they lived in fear of being arrested because of. St- Fifty percent. Look, it's not more than that. No, I think it is yeah. only fifty percent. Oh, interesting. I think there's uh, a higher percentage of LDS people in um, Nevada than in Utah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they lived in fear of being arrested because of strict anti-polygamy laws that were placed in the place at the time. In 2011, they relocated to Las Vegas, so they wouldn't have to hide their unconventional lifestyle. We did not know how aggressive the district attorney would be, so we didn't want him finding out that we were leaving the state, Cody said in a 2015 interview. The five adults and 18 children were forced to pack up their belongings in just three days. Cody explained that the decision to move was a difficult but necessary one. There was an immense amount of peace that we felt in arriving to Las Vegas, he added. It was like, okay, this is our new home, and here we believe we will experience freedom. While Las Vegas may have been more accepting of their practices, uh, the family felt like they were growing apart while living in four separate rental houses. Oh, Jesus. In 2018, Cody decided... What does he do to make money to pay for these houses? Uh, in 2018, Cody decided to uproot his brood again with a move to Flagstaff, Arizona. The family plans to live collectively on a Coyote Pass property, save for Christine who announced in November 2021 she was leaving Cody and returning to Utah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, she did. Boy, bye. <laughs> so that's the Apostolic United Brethren. The lovely offshoot. Of... Wild. Oh, it's wild. So wild. <laughs> and that's just the beginning of what we're going to get into, listeners, because there's way more that I got. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> They're well, like that was the... a fun ride <laughs> oh. Thanks for joining me on that <laughs> Anytime <laughs> uh, there's a... No I think it is interesting though Like we definitely need to Delve into John Taylor Yeah well and I think the more Like I was saying like the more I learn about These guys the more I learn about like the the mainstream quote unquote LDS mm-hmm. church and how their reactions like they kind of they co they coin coincide coincide and they're um like the the blacks leaving the like getting the priesthood and how that mm-hmm. affected like movements within the churches and like they kind of cross paths and mm-hmm. like you were saying there's probably 
uh, cahoots between the upper echelons oh. of it. There's got to be some sort of go-between there, don't you think? Somebody oh, yeah. that works for the church that, like, has contact with them. There'd have to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Weird. So weird. Oh, <laughs> just another reason to be glad that we're out of there. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I love that they think that the um, I just it's weird to me to think that the that there's a sect of you know some religion that thinks that the LDS church is the bad guys like the the loosey goosey's I'm like you realize that the rest of the world thinks that y'all are (laughs) like that (laughs) yeah wild oh it's wild. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Good Sunday night chat. Yeah. You feel great. <laughs> you feel warm and fuzzy. I mean, I feel warm because I'm sunburned to shit, but. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> so wet. <laughs> the, or, or, <sighs> listeners, you can feel the glow. It's my. Yeah, the, that heat skin. that you're, ready, you're feeling through your ears is actually the heat from uh, Dusty's sunburn. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <So> love <laughs> <laughs> My little sister's fed up with me. She literally just told me that, so. Well, on that note, I'm doing my job. <laughs> <laughs>